Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bing, ba-dong, bong, 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 ba-da-bong, bong, 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 Are you doing, bong, like, different songs that I don't know every week? <laughs> that's a, that's a Claire, Claire original. Wow. <laughs> it just sounds like something that would have charted, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> really catchy. Really, really catchy. Like, it's got a really good earworm there. It certainly does. Definitely yeah. does. Hello, welcome to Suggestible Podcast, a podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. My name is Claire Tonti. James Clement is also Hello. He's, he's also here. I'm also here. He's also here. We are married. We recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. Did I say that already? I think you said that now. All right. Well, I mean, you I've said, said it in it. previous episodes. <laughs> Correct. And now I've said it now. And I am one happy little clam over here, James. Why is that? I'm so happy. I don't know if anyone who is listening to this has noticed that in Australia we just had a federal election Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, our Minister of Australia has changed and he's much more socialist and not, you know, maybe not left-leaning, shall we say, but more than that, the biggest part of it, and I don't know if this is, I feel like it's reverberated around the world. I I feel like people have been covering it in the UK and America. Is it the She-Hulk trailer? (laughs) No. Yes, it's the She-Hulk trailer. Wow. No, it's that these incredible women have just like swept in and taken over a whole lot of really conservative blue ribbon seats that have almost never been held. Like a like by a an well, like a broom, before. like a person doing <laughs> yeah. house chores. Just like oh my god, metaphor? are you uh, want me to explode? <laughs> no, that what is just there's so many things about this election that I find so inspiring and wonderful. What do you find wonderful about it? Well, I think that look, let's see, let's all see, obviously, because you know, because change often happens in increments. But I just think the absolute fucking ghouls that were weren't running the country aren't and that is the step in the right direction and look i think there's a lot of these good things that have been promised if half of those things happen i would be i would be happy can i list some of the things that are definitely going to happen definitely wow definitely okay just some definite things for starters there are more women it's almost completely equal in the upper house in Mm -hmm. the senate which is a really, really exciting thing. And the Greens hold the balance of power in the Senate, which is also really cool because they are very, very strong on climate. So that is exciting in the Senate. In the lower house, the Greens party have also never had this many seats before. They've got at least three MPs, which is really exciting. The Teal Independents, who are all women, all really well-educated, incredibly smart, leaders in their fields, We've got a doctor. We've got a like a businesswoman, Colors and Patty's. There's daughter. a doctor. There's a cowgirl. There's, <laughs> There's a, a construction former foreign worker. correspondent. There's a Native I'll American. Stop. There's a That's woman. That's right. Th- anyway. <laughs> Anyway, they're women that have all done really well in their chosen fields, right, and have stepped in as independents who are really strong. I just totally ignored every joke you made. I'm just because I'm too excited. It was the village people. I was doing a village people joke. I totally ignored it, but I'm sure it was really funny. I'm just so excited. I can't contain it. I promise I won't talk too much more about the election. But I just think it's suggestible. Yeah, no, 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 go for it. Can I get some more feelings out? All right. So because of that, we have all of these women who ran on a really strong climate focused and mm-hmm. integrity focused 
like bent basically. Yep. They're all fighting for an anti-corruption commission, which we don't have it, in Australia. Fan. Not on a federal level. Not yeah. at a federal level. And we're one of the only OCD countries that don't, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. really exciting because we've had so much corruption within our government and rorting and spending to win votes, all the horrible things. So that is really exciting. But the biggest thing is this climate change, right? Yes. And these women often might be quite conservative in other ways, but are just so you know, climate-minded and practical and I just cannot wait for them to start changing the face of our Parliament House. It's just I can't even explain how incredible it is to just see woman after woman beat out a man <laughs> in their seats, which I know might sound very sexist but... Well, yes. I, I don't. It's not. I mean, it is that, but it's also that, like as I said, they're ghouls, like a bunch of yeah, ghouls. But were... also, there was so much that came out. Brittany Higgins, that I was yeah. talked about. There were a lot before. of incredible people. Yeah, was this, allegedly yeah. sexually assaulted in Parliament House. She was raped, basically, and yeah. has come out so strongly fighting for change. And her and the Australian of the Year Grace Tame have been campaigning, and the Women's March of last year. Just so many things had to happen, and so many women had to stand up and say enough is enough and expose the horrible corruption and the horrible abuse of power that was happening within Parliament House and is still happening, Mm. that I just, there was this roar of women and it really has changed things and it's given me more of a faith in democracy you know, the, and the, just more faith in the Australian people because, see, these are some of the things that definitely will happen. So that, for instance, will happen. There's just more women in positions well, of power. It has happened, yeah. It yeah. has happened, definitely. Uh, Linda Burney is an incredible Indigenous woman and she is going to be the first minister who is a woman and Indigenous in the Indigenous Affairs portfolio, (laughs) which in itself is incredibly historic and wonderful. So that's great. They're also promising to acknowledge uh, the Uluru Statement of the Heart, which is an incredibly beautiful piece of writing that was written by a whole lot of First Nations people that have come together from all around the country that was just ignored by a previous government. And it's a step towards enshrining a voice for Indigenous people in the Australian Constitution which means you would have a First Nations voice enshrined. It's And it's not, it's it's to be a consultative power. So it's not like, yeah. you know, I just think it's it's such a no-brainer and so important and it's a step towards a treaty because we've never had a treaty in Australia unlike in New Zealand. So anyway, that is so wonderful. And there's amazing childcare reform that they're looking at. God, I hope and so. the biggest part obviously is that the target for, for climate has shifted under Labor. It's not far enough, but the fact that we've got so many Greens and Teal independents yeah, and I think a lot there, of people are now on board and I think the voters reflected that. And it only yeah. took uh, record amounts of death and destruction because of bushfires and flooding to, to occur. Yeah. It all happened like very rapidly since the last yeah. election. Because the was, last yeah. election people kind of ignored the issue Yeah, in a it was way. like, yeah, whatever. You yeah, know. whereas yeah. it's now directly affected people's lives, which is totally human and makes sense. But it does show this real shift and it's shown the Labor Party and I think people who are invested in holding on to fossil fuels, that the Australian people want things to be moved. Had a goddamn gutful, Claire. Yeah, honestly. And so I feel like there's more bargaining power for the Labor Party to mm. hopefully move their targets even more to the progressive Yeah, I think it must, once it's proven to be not only like a sustainable practice but also profitable, that's yes. when it's also going to make yeah. a huge difference and when, it's, yeah. and when hopefully those profits can be reflected Correct. in what people, you know, in people's everyday lives. Exactly. And what's really interesting is if you look at the Teal Independents, all of them have won seats 
in areas that are traditionally very wealthy, mm-hmm. very powerful people in those suburbs, right? Like former prime ministers yeah, have held those their, seats previously their, for the conservatives. Their summer homes flooded. Well, no, exactly, and I know that's cynical, but yeah, hey, whatever, man, whatever they don't, it takes. And, and I guess because they have the privilege of not worrying about where their next paycheck is coming from, they also have the privilege of being able to focus on issues like climate change. Yeah. However, it is the biggest issue facing our entire planet and generation. I also kind of hate that. It's like, well, now that I've got a minute because I'm rich, I guess I'll solve climate change. Yeah, but I, again, I like whatever, yeah, as long but, as it's being it's done. It's partly yeah. that, but it's also education. It's the edu- yep. you know that there upper this, echelon of it. Of there is this kind. Kind of anti-education kind of slant and you see it like the world over. It's like, oh, you think you're professional? You think you know better than me? I'm from the the school of life. It's (laughs) like, yeah, you're from the school of being a fucking idiot. Well, I mean, the till independents, for instance, are all people from industry. So, you know, like the head of, I think it's the neurology department in one of the major hospitals. So people who have worked for a long time in the community and are from those communities, they're not career politicians. Mm. So they come in with very level heads with a world and wealth of experience and an idea about how vital it is that we move on climate. And then for us to be able to go to the world and to meet with Joe Biden and say we actually are moving the needle now because we've been in embarrassment though on the world stage in so many ways and Anyway, I'm just I know I might be really naive and I'm listening back this back to this city year and being like It's oh, okay to be hopeful and positive. I agree, because that's what we need. And just And the you gotta power also it's not the end, this. you gotta like be keep no, on top of people. But the amount of people and I'll talk about Sarah Wilson as an example who I interviewed on Taunts. Mm. She the amount of work she did at a grassroots level educating people, campaigning for the right door causes, to door, and, door to door, mm. like the thousands and thousands of volunteers. It wasn't magic that these women got elected. It was a year's worth of thousands and thousands of community-led projects and volunteers where they really listened to their constituents, where they really heard what was really on people's minds and they had a gut full of the the bullshit and the you know, the spin and the lack of action and the lack of care and empathy in our leadership and it just goes to show that, you know, all of that hard work really does pay off, you know. I've done some hard work this right. week. Anyway, let's Blair get back well. to You're not going to believe how much hard work I've done in relation to uh, just things that I've watched that we're going oh, to talk about. Oh, here we about. go. Do you want me to go first or would you like to go no, first? No, no, I think I've done my first oh, you've done, Okay, yeah. All right, how about this? How about you just catch your breath? <laughs> Maybe take some Ventolin for your <laughs> asthma that has no doubt been set upon <laughs> and then uh, we'll get stuck in. I hope Colin's put a time code uh, because I, for that so if people are like, oh, my God, Claire, she's so political. <laughs> people should know and be super. I, I have faith in our listeners of this podcast. I feel like most of them are going to be like, yay, the women, yay, the climate, you know. Yeah, they're absolutely. they're sensible and, you know, ed, you know you know, aware and engaged. Well, I don't have faith in anybody. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I watched a movie called Duel, which is, uh, and it's not not to be confused with the Steven Spielberg movie Duel, which is about a truck trying to kill a man. <laughs> or Dune. Or Dune, which is a different movie altogether. Dune, Dune. This was, just take a breath, Claire. <laughs> this is, this is uh, a movie directed by Riley Streams and it stars Karen Gillan, who you might know. Do you know Karen Gillan? She's got red hair. She's from Doctor Who. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Not the one. She's very funny. Not Donna. Comedian? No, they're thinking of Donna. You're thinking oh, of Catherine you. Tate. I am, who I love. Yeah. She's a star. Hang on, let me just, she's in Guardians of the Galaxy. She's got a shaved head, but you probably wouldn't recognise her. This is Karen Gillan. Show me, show me, show me. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it starts Karen Gillan, mm-hmm. Karen Gillan, what? what? Twice, what? Oh. Aaron Paul and Theo James. So here's the, uh, here's the synopsis. Uh, upon receiving a terminal diagnosis, Sarah, Karen Gillan, opts for a cloning procedure to, to ease her loss on friends and family. When she suddenly makes a miraculous recovery, her attempts to decommission her clone fail, leading to a court-mandated duel to the death. Now she has one year to train her mind and body for the fight of her life. Okay, so it's in this near future. Uh, it's you know it's it's a very dark, grim kind of like you know uh, society that seemingly has structured its whole purpose now around cloning, right? That part is you understand, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> you still catching your breath. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry. Uh, My brain was like, yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening. No, 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 no. I know, I know. Uh, so the thing cloning. is, though, it's not a, it's not really, it's not about cloning and it's not about like a vicious trial by combat because the whole thing is sort of building to the end where Karen Gillan is going to fight Karen Gillan on a football field and they're going to shoot each other with crossbows, which is kind of what you're promised like at the start. But it's more of kind of like in the vein of something like Napoleon Dynamite. Like it's it's weird and dry and like dark. It's like an indie comedy, really, you know. And it's about just like depression and everyday life and not being fulfilled and and all of those kinds of things. So don't go into it being like, "Wow, I'm going to see an epic battle." This movie is about clones fighting clones, like Jet Li's The One, your favorite movie. <laughs> it's not that at all. It's really kind of low key, really deadpan, very funny in moments. Like some of the funniest stuff is. Karen Gillan is uh, the the original Karen Gillan is being trained by Aaron Paul, who you might know as Jesse from Breaking Bad. Ah, yes. So he's training her how to basically kill herself at the end of the year. So, and, but it's like, but it's like silly training. It's things like what weapon do you go for? How to do forward rolls? Things like that. You know I what would I mean? need to know that. Yeah. I don't know that if and, I was in a battle. Yeah, and it's interesting because. Because it's also it's a, while one version of her, like the clone, is optimistic and happy to be alive, she kind of is is given up and knows that she's going to die. But it kind of flips because she realizes that she's alive and she has something to live for. And the clone is like, actually, this sucks and I hate this. So it's kind of, it's you know, it's it's uh, it's it's. I really enjoyed it. So look, it's on a bunch of stuff uh, streaming platforms. I don't know which one. I had to watch it on a VPN because it's not available here. But I think you can rent it on Prime. And various other platforms uh, overseas. It's called Duel. D U A L. Check it out. I liked it a lot. All right. Okay. I'm gonna maybe not check that out. I don't know. There's too many battles and clones. No, you're not listening, Claire. It's not about battles and clones. <laughs> I very specifically said that it was not about those yeah, but, things. Yeah, but I don't know. Karen fighting Karen. No, but I don't know. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> you were not listening. You were too busy taking a breath. That's no, all right. Look, it's probably not. It's probably not. It's probably not up your alley. But you like Napoleon Dynamite, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I'm not like overly. You know, some people just like there was a phase where people would quote it to each other constantly. Yeah. And I just never really understood. It's the same with quoting The Simpsons. People just quoted at me constantly because I never watched it. I know as a child, everyone's taking a horrible inhaled breath when I say that. I just didn't grow up with it. I wasn't allowed to watch it, and so. I just don't get it when people quote at each other and I have that same feeling about Napoleon Dynamite. Like, that's funny, but, you know, I don't know. I understand. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. All right, would you like to then now... Talk about oh, I'm going to talk about my thing. Yes, I'm so excited. I want to talk about better things. Better things? We watched an episode. I made you watch an episode, remember? Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, so it's created by – the only downside is that it's created by Pamela Adlin, who is great, and Louis C.K. Uh, I just want to step in here and say that Louis C.K. is actually a victim of cancel culture, Claire, oh, and is not God. currently touring Stop the world it. I'm about to as vomit. a multimillionaire. Stop it. I just have to <laughs> masturbate in front of you furiously. <laughs> I mean, could you please not? I'm trying to do a podcast. All right. For anyone who doesn't understand that reference, it's because Louis C.K. is just as like masturbating in front of yes. people a lot. But he's Women, really a victim of cancel culture. Comedians no, he's a victim out. of cancel culture. And somehow his career has just like come back up. Anyway, no, he's a victim of cancel okay, culture. The problem is, as we have discussed, right, just because someone is horrible, does that mean that we can't can no longer enjoy the art that they are involved in? And I still don't know where I sit on that. Well, also I would say he he is not the driving force He's behind absolutely this show. Not. He's absolutely not. Pamela Adlin is so great and it's so feminist, this show, and so great in so many ways that it's just so worth watching and it's it would be sad not to because of what Louis C.K. had done because Pamela Adlin finally has her own show. Yes. So, Because she's good in Louie and she's good in she's great. various other things. Probably the show Californication, <laughs> I want to say, that she was I in. I feel like she was probably in that, yes. So she plays Sam Fox, who's a, divor- a divorced Hollywood actress with three daughters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she lives across the road from her mother. And that's really the premise of the show. So it's really about her trying to juggle her three daughters um, well, two of them are teenagers and one is, I'd say, about eight or nine. Okay. It's juggling that idea of being a single mother with her ex-husband is really not involved at all and is kind of not a dropkick at all but just in- incredibly self-involved. Oh, it's a dream. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, just not in his I want to show about that lives. guy just being happy on his <laughs> own. <laughs> they have this horrible dinner where he comes to her and says, I'm going to be in town for a little while and I wanted to talk about the summer. And she was like, great, how much do you want to take the girls? This will be awesome. They'll be so happy to know you're around the corner. It's like, oh, no, no, I'm here because I won't have any time because I'm working on this big project and I want you to tell the girls that I won't be able to be involved uh, in their lives yeah. while I'm here, even though I'm living around the corner. Yeah. Anyway, and so he's that kind of guy. Uh, and it's kind of about her juggling that and her, you know, trying to meet someone and like her various dates and like sex life. And it's just so funny mm. and heartbreaking. It does such a good job of leaving the scenes just hanging in this really funny way. Pamela Adlin is so witty she's and fast-paced and she's just so like straight talking as well. The relationship that she has with her mother and also with her kids is so beautiful and it's so, what is it, she just cares so much about her daughters and is so open with them like completely open, like she drinks and she's, you know, around a whole lot of her friends who are all artists and creatives as well. And Judy Rays is in that, but she and she's from Scrubs. She's the nurse, Carla. 
Carla's yes. in it. Yeah, I just I'm just looking at the cast list. It's a really good cast. Yeah, it's an yeah. incredible cast. Her mother is played by. Ah, um, uh, let me check. I would. Is it so is it Celia Imry? Is her name Phyllis? Yes. Yes. Correct. Mm. Yeah, and she's amazing too. As this woman in her seventies, who's just like really liberated. Mm. But I just I think it reminded me so much of the difficulties that we're going to face in parenting teenagers. Like, holy moly, that is a land I don't even understand. And it's really interesting to see the way that Sam's character approaches it. Right, okay. And how she's so open and direct with her daughter's friends. Right, And she tells it like it is. She talks to them about sex and about dating and about their bodies and she calls it out as she sees it and she's funny but also the way she kind of puts up with a lot of the things, particularly from her oldest daughter, who's like incredibly dramatic. And it just reminds mm. me, it's that's exactly how teenagers are, you know, well, eye rolling and dramatic. And- I was just looking at her uh, Wikipedia. And so, yeah, she married a guy who they divorced in 2010. They had three daughters and then he moved to Germany. So, and she has three daughters who are now like mid 20s or in their 20s. So, yeah, it's. So it mirrors her it life. It seems that way, yeah. Yeah, well, because mm. it does. It just feels so incredibly real and raw. Yeah. And just, yeah, I loved it so much. And it, I, and I just, the relationships that she has with them, I just, I think that's how you do it. That's how you get through teenage, mm. the teenage years. It must be by being. I don't know. I don't know either, but by being. Like open things yeah. and listening and wanting to be that person that, like for instance, there's a, there's a storyline where her 16 year old daughter falls head over heels with this guy who's 35 Oof. and he's like very handsome and like smokes rollies and he saw her direct a play and just like she's fallen head over heels for him and her daughter is so headstrong and like instead of what you might do, which is like kick him out yeah. and then say you can't, he can't stay under my house and under my roof and this isn't appropriate and I, Sam's character decides to let it happen right? so that she can like let it be known that she doesn't approve but not in an aggressive way yeah. and just be there for it to play out. Right, okay. And she's not sure the entire episode if this is the right way to go and you can see her just staring at Is he at into him. her as, as well? Yeah. Gross. Yeah, it's gross. It's really gross. And he's But he's very like he's quite, I don't know, charismatic and he's, I don't know, there's something about him you can see why she's drawn to him. Yeah, he's one course. of those guys that like feels like he's an artist and he's rolling cigarettes and talking about life and, you know, poetry. Like, and and, and this stuff. is something you realise as you get older. If you're like an older, and it's usually guys, not exclusively but <laughs> mostly. Yeah. And, you know, you're you're looking to date, you know, somebody who's that young. You've, you're fucking, you're broken. There's something wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. You're not and right at all. You're correct. not somebody because you're not mature. Because if you were mature, you wouldn't do that. Correct, yeah. exactly. And that's what's interesting to explore because, her daughter who's 16, I can see myself in her in that she's initially super swept up by this guy who is so self-assured and creative and talks about her as if she's a goddess and she's so, you know, naive in so many ways and to be adored like that is like this yeah. amazing thing for someone to see you in that way and you feel kind of powerful but also kind of it's dangerous and so you're seeing her feel like that and instead of yeah, kicking her out or refusing to have him in the house and it becoming this thing where she might lose her because she's so scared she's going to lose her yes, daughter to yes. this guy. Because is that technically legal? Yeah, because she's Depending on the state, I guess. Yeah, depending on the state. So instead 
she lets it happen and then there's this beautiful turn at the end of the episode where her daughter realises he's way too much for her. She's got so far in over her head. She can't cope. She doesn't know what to do. And so Pamela Adlin's character tells him, to, like basically breaks up with, with him for her daughter. Right. And says, beat it, mate. Get yeah. out of here. And he's like, oh, what do you mean? I have to talk to me. And she's like, you're not coming anywhere near my daughter. You fucking piss off. <laughs> and it's this, this like amazing moment where you realise like, Someone might see that from the outside and judge her and there were friends in her life who were kind of judging her mm. for letting it happen, but it's genius mm. because she's trusted her daughter to find that out for herself in a, and immediately be the person, because she hasn't shut her out, that when she gets into trouble and gets in over her head, she's there. Yep, gotcha. You know? And yep. she does it in this really angry, annoyed way. Like, you want me to go out and talk mm. to him, but the fact... You know, and that—that that is the crux, I think, um, of what I'm taking from the show, that maybe you do have to, you're going to find yourself in these really challenging situations when you're parenting teenagers. I have no idea. But, yeah. like, how, what calls do you make? How do you make them? But at the end of the day, you just always want to be that parent that is sticking around. I don't think I could do that. I think I'd just shut it down. Like, I'd, I'd just be like, hey, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's the wrong thing to do, but I just don't think I could have that level of restra- <laughs> restraint. Well, no, right? And mm. as a guy, and I, yeah, look, I agree with you. I, that's my feeling. That was my feeling the entire episode until the end. Mm. And it, I guess it's a lot of trust. To put, but then it depends on your kid, right? Yeah. Because with certain things that I'm sure this is a boyfriend, but maybe it's something else. Like if they're determined to do something and you shut it down, they'll find another way to do it. Yeah, yeah. So how the fuck do you, how are we going to handle it? Don't Dave? know. I'll be gone by then. I'll be living in Germany. So I'll be fine. Okay, cool. Anyway, I, I have to move it along because I have to go see Top Gun you Maverick. You do. So anyway, I totally recommend oh, watching Pamela Adlin's Better Things. So good. Now, I have one more thing to do, but do you, you have one more thing to do? No, that's I assume. it. Oh, go cool. Well, how about I do mine and then uh, And we then can, we can, can wrap it up, mate, because you've got to see Top Gun. Yeah, I feel like I had more time to talk about these things, but something happened up top where it's, you don't know, it's just this like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I, look, I just had to. No, don't. It's so. I can't even talk. I've, I just talk. It's great. It's really good. Anyway, I watched a movie called Escape from Pretoria from 2020. It's directed by Francis Anun and it stars, uh, among others, Daniel Weber and one Daniel Radcliffe. So it's about two white South Africans in uh, 1979 imprisoned for anti apartheid activity. Uh, so then they're determined to, dis- to escape from the notorious prison Pretoria. Right? So basically it's an era in South Africa of extreme political tension, racism, Uh, uh, and they are arrested for distributing leaflets, but they do it in a way where it's – they're like these mini controlled explosives, so they're like the leaflets go off and, you know, it's it's all anti-apartheid stuff. stuff. So they're put in this prison as as political prisoners. And from there – it's a true story, by the way, about these guys – and from there, they're given something like uh, an eight-year and twelve-year sentences each. But they they want to get out, and it's a really it's one of those prisons that's you know like all prisons, it's incredibly difficult to escape. So it becomes uh, both a survival and a prison break movie. So it's based on what these people actually did, and it involves making wooden keys and kind of going and and it's there's so many levels they have to kind of get through. So they're using wooden keys, you unlock a door, get to the next door, figure out what kind of key that is, make a key. 
using on that and et cetera and so forth. And on top of that, you know, you got to, you, there's a whole bunch of sn- sneaking out and also making clothing and, you know, planning, planning out what you're going to do once you're on the outside. How do you make the guards believe that you're still in, you know, in your room the entire time? So look, I love prison break movies. I'm a sucker for prison break movies. And this is a, is a really good one. And it's also made more interesting because these guys are were real people that, did exist in this and this actually happened. I, I thought it was terrific. So yeah, I think it's on Netflix, so that's where I watched it. Um it's it's well worth a look. If you like, I don't know, like Shawshank or I do love Shawshank. I mean so does everyone. I mean it's yeah, it's it's like everybody's Remember that's favorite like movie. standard favourite movie. Yeah, what's yeah. your favorite movie? Uh Fight Club and Shawshank. But you know what? <laughs> They're both good movies. They uh, are. They are good movies. And what's this show called again? Uh it's a movie. It's called Escape from Pretoria. Ah. So I think you might really enjoy it. Uh do you like prison break movies? Do you like Daniel Radcliffe? Yes, I do like Daniel. I've met Daniel Radcliffe. You met he seemed Daniel like a Radcliffe. lovely, jolly person who fell over. I told this story already on the It's okay. He fell over while I was talking and to he's him. He's still there. And Nobody helped there. him. He's still in that ditch that he fell in. <laughs> Very like, like a short statured man. A he short is. king, if you will. I think uh, they were hoping that he would have grown bigger in the role of Harry Potter, but he did not. And if you watch those <laughs> movies, everybody's like a foot taller than yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. Ron's so tall. Yeah. I know. I love it. Anyway, so funny. All right. That sounds great. Yeah, I'm it's really cool. I'm going to check that out. You should. Really cool. I, I even quite enjoyed the first season of Prison Break, the TV show. I enjoyed show. the first season of Prison Break as well. Yeah. And then he must have been like, man, I did all these tattoos. I can't believe them. <laughs> <laughs> then they had to escape from a second. No, second season was on the run. Yeah. Third season was a different prison. Yeah, no good. No yeah. good. I lost it by then. I liked Prison Break a lot. Yeah. And it kept going. I think there was a. There was a, there was a, remember his, his girlfriend went into prison as well? I don't and then know. They, that was, was a telly movie or maybe no, a series I do, on that. I do quite enjoy a TV show set in a prison. Orange is the New Black. Brilliant. It was. I think one. it's kind of fell apart. Though, oh, yeah, completely. It? I haven't watched it in years, but the first few seasons, loved it. There's a Stallone prison break movie from 1989 called Lock Up, which I love. I think it's terrific. Uh, it's probably stupid, but I re- I've always really, really <laughs> liked tracks, that movie. really, that you'd like it if yeah. it was stupid. No, I'm yeah. joking. That's mean. <laughs> well, it's on Stan. I could watch it right now. Ooh. No, I can't. I have to watch the movie Top Gun Loser. Top Gun Loser. I, do we get letters for this show? We certainly do. You can write into suggestiblepod at gmail.com with your suggestibles if you so choose or just a comment, whatever. Tell us that yeah, you liked comment. it. I don't know. What have you? And just like Natalie Cameron has, thank you so much, Natalie. Hey, Claire and James. Hey. I've only been listening to the podcast for a couple of months, but I just wanted to thank you for not being afraid to talk about political, red as not white and straight, media. Well, this seems like you've absolutely brought this in to make me look like a fool, (laughs) Claire. And social issues. Ah. Always. As a recently out trans girl, it's massively reassuring that people with a large audience are helping change people's minds on these issues and helping them become more tolerant. It's helped me become more comfortable with myself and recommending the podcast to friends and family seems to be slowly opening their minds. Very good. Just wait till we pivot into a men's rights activist <laughs> and pick up artist podcast. Right. My whole head just plan. exploded. <laughs> Sorry for the slightly ranty nature of this email. It wasn't ranty at all. all. I ranted for 10 minutes at the beginning of this show. No, Claire, it wasn't. It was a celebration. It was. Thanks, Natalie. She, her pronouns. So, uh, P.S. Please tell James that we all know glass isn't frozen air. Oh, I know that. I keep saying that. Every we were doing it. We were doing our Moon Knight recaps, and I kept emphasising that some people there is a there is a theory that glass is actually frozen air. When it turns out that that is actually not the case. Glass is not frozen. It's sand, air. isn't it? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's melted, melted sand. It's yeah. like it's it's very specific way of making. And I kept on emphasising that fact, but some people just. 
I don't know. I think they just think that uh, that's you know that it is frozen air, and I just think that's ridiculous. It's just a thing. Real dumb. It's just a thing I kept <laughs> I kept saying, and uh, it's been apparently it's been popping up in places. So this this came up on a I don't know I think, I think this is on Reddit. Somebody posted this on the Weekly Planet Reddit, where glass is made of three options: melted sand, frozen air, or recycled glass. And there's a couple of comments on belief that's under the, underneath it says, "This is the second time I've seen somebody reference glass as being frozen air." <laughs> I can't accept that there are people out there that stupid. Another person says, there can't be people who actually believe that. Like, why would glass not always be cold? And why, why would it stay solid above 300, minus 361 degrees Fahrenheit or whatever? So that's fun. That that's getting out there. I feel like it's because it's just for a tiny second you're like, is it? No, no. but that's why I'm out there telling people that it is absolutely not uh, All right. So, yes, and thank you, Natalie, for writing in. Over to you. Oh, we've got a review, and you can do this just like Richard Johnson TX has put in, who says, maybe we all learn something too. This is a fantastic podcast with two wonderful human beings who are married, but maybe we learn something about love and marriage and communication and parenting. Maybe we learn something about being better people and make life a little more enjoyable. Maybe we all learned we need to slow down and smell the roses once in a while and quit working for the weekend. Maybe we learn something about poetry and cooking. <laughs> Maybe we learn something about society and the world. Claire. Hey. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, there you go. That's it's true. So lovely. You can actually just review this in app. It's as you easy totes, as that. It's crazy. You can. That. Five stars, please. Yum, yum. Um, just on that, before you have to go to your movie, yeah. um, our son said the best thing to me the other day. He was just like, Mum, I really have decided I don't like the person that organized two-day weekend, five-day week. Yes. It doesn't work. It's really stupid and I need to meet this guy and give him a piece of my mind. Yes, absolutely. And I'm with you, mate. You're right. And also like because it was, you know, it was a, I think it was, was it one day off initially for church? Wasn't ah, it a day of like, yeah, you can go to church. Yeah, cool, man. Thanks for the one day off I can sit in a room and a guy's like, God's going to get you. That's really good. But it should be at least four days, three days, you know? I agree. At least. You. At least you If not think. opposite, if not two days work, five days Correctamundo. Weekend. Yes. Ridiculous. Totally. Universal basic income, Claire. Okay. Mm. Over there. More holidays, Socialist more weekends. Clement. Yeah. That's your well, name. maybe I am. But, you know, what? People don't want more time off? Ridiculous. Rise and grind. <laughs> Terrible. Anyways, right. if you have any suggestions. <laughs> suggestible we can email them yes through. and as always thank you to the wonderful rock Collings for editing this week's episode and also to Maisie for doing our socials at suggestible pod on instagram and twitter i think as well incredible suggest i know it's suggestible pod oh. and i also do another podcast called tons that oh, yeah comes who are you out. interviewing this week uh it comes out every friday now i've changed the day because mondays was getting very stressful mondays is hard yeah uh, i regret real, doing mondays <laughs> yeah it was just way too hard so it's coming out every friday um, and this week I have got an interview with the wonderful Maggie Zhao, who is a writer and producer and Instagrammer, and her boyfriend Tom listens to the show. Does he really? Yeah, I didn't tell you. He came up to you at the Doctor Strange premiere and had a chat. Oh, wow, really? I know. Oh, that's awesome. So cool. So um, I, Maggie's excellent, and I can't wait to share that with you guys on Friday. That's terrific. Yeah, she does a lot of stuff in the sustainable fashion she, space. Yeah, she's friends with your sister, yeah, or knows your she sister? She totally is. That's how I met her, I, me and her. Her mum with the two people taking photos while my sister and Maggie are on a panel around all these like very oh, important fashion people. Oh, that's nice. And we were like, check out our people up there. It was really nice. So we had a great time. 
And I love um, that. she's so lovely and really interesting. And what's really cool is that she is Chinese background, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she said that Turning Red, that animation, was basically her childhood in so many Loved ways. Love Turning Red. Have you and, watched? You watched it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because she's a massive fangirl over um, One Direction, that was kind of how she started ah, as a thirteen-year-old yeah, girl, yeah, yeah. just hardcore loving it. And her parents didn't know that she was on Twitter and starting blogs and doing all of this stuff online just like awesome. turning red and it just she yeah amazing so it was such a beautiful conversation about all of that and that's it yeah that is all right. terrific Till all right next week look forward to that coming out see you guys next tomorrow to tomorrow hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.